When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Got to tell you about the relief and recovery creams from Escape Artist. It's the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado that prioritizes quality and consistency. It helps penetrate deep muscle tissue discomfort that's fast absorbing. And it's not greasy, nor is it going to stain your clothes. Best part is you can find it at 10, soon to be 11 Denver metro area locations of Lightshade Dispensary, a spot that you can find a great selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf flour, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. And now you can actually get 25% off non-sale items when you use code DNVR. Shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you and use code DNVR. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now you can use code DNVR at sign up and get some special offers like how to turn $5 into $200 in free bets on college hoops this entire month long. In fact, the entire tournament. Get in on that action with code DNVR. I am your host, Patrick Lyons. And on today's DNVR Rockies podcast, we've got to talk about Kyle Freeland's new pitch, the starting lineup, arbitration signings, and explanation of what that is exactly. We'll touch on Ryan McMahon's extension a little bit more from Tuesday's show. But Let's start with Tuesday's game. Chris Bryant went ahead and singled in his first at-bat, in his first swing, as a member of the Colorado Rockies in what was ultimately a 7-4 loss in Tempe against the Los Angeles Angels. Now, in that game, you also saw, if you had a chance to watch that or even get a couple highlights online, you saw Sam Hilliard with an RBI single. Looking nice, batting ninth in the lineup. We'll talk about that later on in the show and what that could mean for him. It's actually better than you may think. He stole second base immediately on a lefty. Well, it might have been more that he got picked off, but hey, look, he was safe at second base, so we're going to go ahead and count it. Ashton Godot made quick work of the Angels in two scoreless innings, a guy who is battling for a spot as the team's long reliever, along with Ty Block and Ryan Rollison. Both guys are left-handed, but ultimately, if you can get outs, it doesn't really matter which side you want. You are you are a long reliever. I think Godot has the inside track because potentially, if they do need a starter, you could stretch Godot out and maybe get four, five innings in a start. You might not want to do that with Ryan Rollison because of his somewhat fractured 2021 season where he didn't really have an opportunity to pitch from in very many games. And you can actually read an article that dropped on Monday afternoon about Ryan Rollison and his very unfortunate 2021 season. But I, I love the idea that Rollison could get substantial innings in the majors. Maybe if the Rockies go with two long men, and that is possible now because Joel Sherman of the New York Post has reported that a rule change for the first month of the season is rosters will expand from 26 to 28 men. We talked about it all off season long, of course. If you go back and look historically, if you don't know, if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it, right? 
And the history said after the 94-95 work stoppage, rosters were expanded to help out with these shortened spring training so that no one got hurt. And hey, what do you know? It's the exact same thing that happens. So you know what? Maybe you can have both Godot and Rollison on that opening day roster. But Kyle Freeland started this game. He ended up going three innings, giving up three runs, two of which were earned due to a Brendan Rodgers throwing error that really should have been a double play that would have helped Freeland out in a major way to give up three hits. Freeland did, walked one, struck out one. The big piece of news of the day for him is is twofold. The, The contract issue, which maybe you're reading about that, maybe not, isn't much of an issue at all. I did want to say this to the end, but whether or not Freeland receives a contract now is is really moot because he's going to get paid. Either the figure that he and his agency think thinks that he should get paid the first, either what he and his agency think he should get paid his now second time through arbitration or what the Rockies think, which is going to be a much lower number, they'll sort that out. So you might've seen a lot of news about one-year contract sign. I will explain that. I will get to that. But that was, I don't think I was on his mind very much. And that was maybe a piece of the news for the day, but what was probably the bigger piece of news was that he has a new grip on his changeup. Now he threw this changeup 10 times to an Angels lineup. That that was in full force. Bottom line, from top to bottom, you had Otani leading off, Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, Justin Upton, Jared Walsh, who's a name you still might not be familiar with, even after he was an all-star last year, Joe Adele, top prospect. They they were loaded out, and Freeland looked looked good. But ultimately, it was that changeup, which is something we'll have to keep our eye on because it's a pitch that he has not leaned on quite as much in the last couple years. It was the fourth most frequent pitch that he threw. He threw it 17% of the time, so you know it, it's, it's somewhat substantial, but he really, if you look at his numbers from 2021, it was a, a five-pitch mix, you know, with his four-seam fastball, slider, curve, which he's used a lot more actually in recent recent time, his changeup, and that sinker. Fastball sits at about 91 miles an hour. He throws that about 25% of the time, at least he did last year. Slider was 23%, curve 20, change 17, and sinker 15%. This new grip. Maybe it's something that, again, gives his pitches a little different look. Or rather, it makes the pitch look differently to the opposing hitters. And you're always constantly looking for an edge when it seems like the opposing team has the book on you. And teams have that on Freeland. Freeland has that on some guys that he's owned throughout the entirety of his career. And so now he's got a new grip on that changeup. And we'll see what happens going forward for Kyle Freeland in what is, you know, a big year. Next year will be even bigger because he will be a free agent following the 2023 season. So we know that the Rockies, despite the fact that it might behoove them to trade a player before he gets down to his final months of free agency, we saw the Trevor Story situation at the trade deadline, and maybe it was better for them. At least they felt it. It was better for them to hold on to Story to get the draft pick which is fine. But had they traded Trevor Story in March or February or maybe a week after trading Nolan Arenado, sure, there would be even more mutiny than there was last year. But you would have gotten a lot more than a compensation pick. 
you would have gotten a lot more than that. And if you want to play that out with Kyle Freeland and take the draft pick that you might not see in the majors for another seven years from today, so be it. Or you could trade him when his stock is high. Maybe again, if he has a really big 2022 season, there are going to be teams knocking on, on the Rockies door saying, we would love your guy. And we would actually love to probably lock him up to an extension. That's a little bit friendlier because once he goes into free agency, he's going to become a lot more costly, but the Rockies simply don't operate that way. So this year being a big year for that, for some kind of breakout, I don't necessarily believe that, but I do believe that Kyle Freeland is going to want to do everything he can to really increase his value, increase his stock because free agency is right around the corner. And what he does this season and next season is really what is going to be held against him or really what he's going to be held to. And that's a standard he's hoping is going to end up making him the next member of the Rockies that gets paid, whether it's by the Rockies or someone else. Because right now, Kyle Freeland does not have any guaranteed money going forward, even as of right now. He could get cut and he would get something from the Rockies but does not have guaranteed money until you sign that contract for a one-year deal. Or if you go through the arbitration process, that money is not entirely guaranteed. That would also include next year as well. All throughout the lockout, we talked about these young players and you know how much money they've been paid over the course of their career and making the league minimum. You know, Freeland, because he was a super two player, he'll, he'll actually be in his third year of arbitration this year. He'll go to his fourth and final one next year. But over the course of his career, despite the fact he had a fourth place finish in Cy Young Award voting in 2018, he's made $9 million, which we would all jump for joy if we were paid $9 million, not even for just four years, just over our life. Think about how much money you would have to make for you know 40 years in the workforce. That's still pretty pretty darn good money. But when you look around the league and you see the contracts that players are getting, the fact that he's only made $9 million up to this point, you know, really isn't all that much. Also in this game, Brett Boswell continues to rake. He was two for three, even kept the rally alive in the ninth inning. Rockies have been scoring a lot of runs late in games. Now, not the Rockies that we are all going to enjoy watching at Coors Field. It's mostly the double A, high A type players, the younger guys on the roster. But nevertheless, they've been impressing. I spoke with Buddy about that on Monday and had some really nice things to say about some guys did, did the old eyebrow raise of like, yeah, this guy, this guy's going to be something he's, he's very intriguing. And Brett Boswell's I think is, is one of those guys. He moves his average up to 455 so far this spring with a 1409 OPS, you know, was a player that you've heard me talk about already. Check out last Monday's podcast where you can hear that conversation that we had. He was on the 40-man roster. He was added in November of 2020. And then last spring, freak accident, trying to make an athletic play, falls on third base, trying to get back to the bag in a, in a strange way, breaks his ankle, and that ends his season. So he's a player that's looking to get back into the mix. He's a second baseman slash outfielder. And you say, well, we already got a guy like Garrett Hampson. No, Brett Boswell's got a lot more power. Garrett Hampson has a lot more power too. Uh, that's another one. That's another article that dropped. I'll leave that link in the podcast description today. Our banter from the bench series where sat down and had a conversation with Garrett Hampson. And 
Well, you'll have to read it to find out, but there could be a lot more home runs in the future for Gary Hampson this season. But Brett Boswell is a little bit more yoked out. I think that that's going to be a baseball term that we use right here on the podcast. He's a little bit more yoked out, has a lot more power. Again, second base can do a little thing here and there in the outfield. And so you know, keep an eye on, on him, see how he does this spring, because he could be one of the first guys that the Rockies look to in Albuquerque. Should things start to fall apart? Should somebody need to get option back to Albuquerque or in general, if there's just an injury guy goes on the 10 day IL, you need to make some room on the 40 man. And we, we, we need somebody to come in and, and get some more significant at bats or really just be more of a force off the bench. Brett Boswell could be one of those guys. If you have a 50 man roster, Brett Boswell's on that list. And so it's, I think it's important to know some of those auxiliary players on the fringes for the Rockies. As you're watching these spring training games going forward. If you're listening to my voice right now, you already know about our podcast, but do you know, we've got a YouTube channel. Yes, we've got Nuggets, Avs, Buffs, Rams, Broncos, our shows for the Rockies have been going down. We just premiered an interview that I had with Winton Bernard, another one of those AAA guys playing down in Albuquerque, an amazing story. Got to make sure you check out the DNVR Sports channel on YouTube. Got shows dropping all the time. Trade deadline just went down for the Avs. That's doing some serious numbers. Make sure you're watching that. If you're not already a member, it's only 50 cents for your first month. That's going to get you a member-sized beer when you're down at the bar, hanging out at any time. And if you're there for one of our watch parties every day this week, every day this week through the weekend, it's Nuggets, Avs, Nuggets, Avs. It's perfect. I think I think Nuggets are on all even days and Avs are on all odd numbered days. It, it works out perfectly. But even if you're not there for a watch party, you can go and get that member-sized beer. And if that beer happens to be Breckenridge Brewery's Avalanche Ale, then I can't blame you because Breck's Avalanche Ale blends pale chocolate and caramel malts in a well-rounded, flavorful beer. Those caramel malts that has certain whispers of toffee sweetness with a touch of bittering hops. It gives this beer such a clean finish. It was crafted for balance, so it's a versatile and satisfying anytime beer. It's Breckenridge Brewery's Avalanche Ale. College b-ball fans join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win, and you get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. That's multiple bets in the same game that get you an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Not always true for some of the other products out there. I'll leave it at that. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win. You get $200 in free bets if they do. They win, you win with promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Another cool moment from the game on Tuesday was the presentation of lineup cards. Now for the Angels, they sent out one of their coaches, Benji Gill, former big league player. I think he spent most of his career actually with the Angels. I know the Rangers, uh, he came to prominence with them as well. But for the Rockies, they sent out infield prospect Mateo Gill to present Colorado's lineup card because his father is Benji Gill. 
You might also recognize the name of Teo Gill because he was one of the prospects that was included from St. Louis in that Nolan Arenado trade that officially went down on February 1st of 2021. Gill had a really solid season last year, helping his club get to the postseason. Did a really nice job with low A Fresno, helping get them to the postseason. You know, is a utility infielder kind of guy, still only 20 years old. So has a, a lot of baseball in his career, you know, still projectable, a guy that I think we will see in the majors at some point for the Rockies could be a few years down the road, how much of an impact he makes. Of course, that remains to be seen, but it is notable that Mateo hoping to be like his father, Benji and reach the majors and allow himself and his father to join 249 other father-son duos in Major League history. Some you know really well, like, well, Eric Young Sr. and Eric Young Jr. C.J. Crone, his father, Chris Crone, played in the majors. His brother, Kevin, did too, so that's maybe a double dip for their father, Chris Crone. Fred Kendall, name you might not remember. He was a coach 20 years ago at this point. Coached with Colorado from 96 to 2002. Well, his son, Jason Kendall, you might recall, Played in the majors. Drew Butera was on the Rockies just a couple years ago. His father, Sal, played in the majors. And I think those I think those two guys are the only father and son to both win a World Series. We need we need somebody to check that fact for me. Let me know if I'm wrong on Twitter at Patrick D. Lyons or send me an email, Patrick at the DNVR.com. Also want to point out that Ezekiel Tovar, he's also having a really great spring. He's got five hits in his first nine at-bats already through four games. Didn't play on Tuesday, but remember, only 20 years old. He's already connected for his first home run in spring camp. Again, against competition more similar to what he'll see this year in high A Spokane. Maybe he makes a jump to double A Hartford. It's not beyond the realm of possibility. We'll see what happens, especially because Jose Iglesias only has a one-year deal. And it really seems like it could be two years until Tovar is ready. Don't want to put too much pressure on them. But really, you could look at the signing of Jose Iglesias to a one-year deal as just cause to think that Tovar is going to move a little bit quicker now through the lower levels of the minor leagues, going to get to double A this year. Maybe if all things go well, you, you see him in September in Albuquerque and does he start on opening day in 2023? I think it, may, it might be a little too soon for that. But the writing's on the wall. It, it's not crazy to think something like that could happen. And he gets that big jump start from day one, like they had with Trevor Story. Of course, you could always bring back Iglesias if he does well. Angelton Simmons is only on a one-year deal. Didi Rigoris is going to be a free agent. Trey Turner is going to be out there. I think he's going to be a little bit too rich for the Rockies' blood, but there's going to be some candidates next year that are free agents and shortstop, so you don't you don't have to force that. You don't have to force Tovar up to the majors. If you had a chance to listen to Tuesday's podcast, I'll kind of bring it together in somewhat of a nutshell. Again, Ryan McMahon, six years, $70 million deal, a little bit less than $12 million as an average annual value. He does have two potential opt-outs. They're not official opt-outs. He's got to earn them with a top five finish in MVP voting. If he gets there, it will trigger one opt-out. 
If he doesn't get there the first three years and does it in year four, then it will trigger one after the fifth year. So again, that's a that's a good scenario if if we find ourselves down that path. If Ryan McMahon's a top five and MVP candidate, well then, okay, maybe he will want to go back out on the market and make a little bit more money, or maybe that just gives him leverage to say, Dick, Bill, I, I want to stay here. I want to stay here in Colorado, but I got this opt out. Let's 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 figure this out. Might maybe you tack on a little bit on the back end of this deal so that we're all happy. Again, the breakdown is five million in the first year, nine million next season. That's the one where twenty-one million dollars is going to St. Louis to pay down the Aronado not to pay down the Arenado contract in twenty-four and twenty-five. It's twelve million dollars, and then the final two years, sixteen million dollars. He'll be around for the next crop of prospects. Of course, that's really huge to think that. McMahon comes up and he gets to see Nolan Arenado doing his thing over on third base. Third base, he learns from those guys. Arenado, he learns from Story. He learns from DJ LeMahieu. And now, the next group of guys, whether it's fellow corner infielder Michael Tolia, Ezekiel Tovar, Aaron Shunk. I mean, to an extent, maybe even Brendan Rodgers. But he's going to be here for the long haul. Six years is a very long time. That very much is an era. Very much so. The other third base types. In the pipeline, you know, really at this point, they're going to have to force themselves on this roster. I don't know if there's another position for them to find. In the case of Aaron Schunk, yes, he can go over and play second base. Might even pick up a different mitt and go to the outfield. El Harris Montero, a guy who was probably ticketed for first base anyway. Thankfully, we got the DH. Same thing could be said of Colton Welker, who can still pick it over at third base, can do it over at first base, can also DH. Warming Bernabel, a 20-year-old kid who had a big hit in Monday's game. It was nice to see that late in the contest. He's still got a way to go. He's only 20 years old. But nevertheless, all of those guys, all of those guys can be used now as trade chips to help the big league product. If it's about winning games and if it's about what Dick Monford said, trying to win that elusive World Series, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. You need to fortify your roster by drafting and developing, but you don't need to do that with every single player. You got to be crafty. You got to make some trades. So once you tack on the McMahon signing, it's just under $345 million spent this offseason, most all time. And yeah, most of it is new money. Most of that is money that you wouldn't have previously spent. We'll get into the arbitration stuff in, in just a second, but Ryan McMahon was already set to make about $5 million this year. And Elias Diaz, I forget what his number might have been, $4.5 million, and so he gets a three-year extension. But four and a half of it, you could subtract from the overall total because he was going to make that in arbitration anyway. Same thing for Antonio Senzatella. Still, all that being said, still over $300 million of new money on the books for the Rockies. That $345 million total, the most ever spent in one offseason. Runner-up with inflation probably tops that. 2001, Rockies spent on Hampton, Nagel. They extend Todd Helton, nine years, $141.5 million. And that totals out to $321 million. Behind that, you have 2019, when $234 million of that was for Nolan Arenado. You also had the Marquez extension and Daniel Murphy's $24 million deal. And then just behind that, in 2011, $289 million doled out mostly to Tulo and Cargo. Those guys combined 
on almost $240 million. And then you got $40 million spread around on a, a couple of relievers that were extended. Ty Wigington, Jason Giambi got a million dollars when he made the major league roster. But it, it's strange to, to see this. And it's strange to say this, but, you know, it's practically the fourth time in team history that they've doled out $300 million in the same offseason. And in 2018, with Charlie Blackman's extension and the Super Bowl pen, that was over $200 million. So I don't really know how many organizations can say that they've ever done that. I, I would imagine those teams who have done that maybe have had a couple more postseason appearances than the Rockies have to show for it. And that's not a shot at them in any way. It's just when you spend money, the goal is to win more ball games, And we're going to have to see what happens this year with the Rockies. We'll do a season preview. We'll look around the, the rest of the NL West and, and all of the National League because, remember, there are now three wildcard teams. So even if the Dodgers, Giants, and Padres are as good as we think they are, there's still room for the Rockies to get into the playoffs. Yes, it does mean that all of those teams may do their fair share of beating up on the Rockies. And even if the Rockies are great against everyone else they play, that could tamp down their win total, sure. But we know sometimes those strange things happen when two teams lock horns and the team that's not as good as the other one ends up spoiling a certain parade. Padres did it in 2019 against the Rockies before they started getting good. Hey, maybe the Rockies return the favor. And next year, going forward in 2023, those three wild card spots really will look a little bit differently because every team is going to play every team at least once. It might not mean a home and away series against the Yankees or a home and away series against Trevor Story and the Boston Red Sox. Boy, does that sound, boy, does that feel weird to say, whoa, that, sorry, I got to catch my breath. I, I was talking in, in, the car with my father and my wife getting picked up from the airport and relayed the information that DJ LeMayhew said, you know, obviously with the Yankees now that the only team he didn't want Trevor story to sign with was the Boston Red Sox. And so now that battle gets uh, a little more purple. Hey, maybe, maybe when you mix the, the red of the Boston Red Sox and the Navy of the New York Yankees, it gives you purple. Is that a thing? Could be a thing. But 2023, maybe it gets a little bit more interesting and it's a little bit more feasible. I think the Rockies have a chance to contend. I don't think they are contenders right now. It's It saddens me to say that after everything that they've spent. I have to be honest and say I still don't really think that they are contenders right now. But I think I can see a road to contention a little bit more clearly than I could have before the lockout ended. Because when we were waiting those 99 days... The moves that they had made, while nice, really just brought back guys that were already there. So how did the team improve? How did the team get better? Well, it kept Crone. It kept Senzatella, who's already going to be around. Again, he just got an extension. Same with Diaz. You kept Jolie's Chassin. So did you make your team better, or did you keep it the same? Yes, there are going to be some young guys who have better years and are going to continue to take a step forward, but you're bringing back the same team that won 74 games. Now it looks a little bit different. 
and you're going to look a little bit different if you check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group, especially since they've been taking great care of all of our DNVR members over the years, especially all of those who made the permanent switch. Rockies fans these days are smiling a lot, and I don't think it's because of the Chris Bryant signing or the Ryan McMahon extension. I think it's because they're showing off their pearly whites, thanks to Green Mountain Dental Group. The best part now is when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam with them, you're going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. Right now, I'm feeling really good about my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the weeks from the last two weeks. Took that over on Herman Marquez, over 180.5 strikeouts on Monday. And then last week, felt good with the Minnesota Twins making the postseason again. Three wildcard teams in the AL and the NL. That central division, not very good. So in that instance, Minnesota can beat up on a lot of other teams. They did just lose Josh Donaldson, I think about an hour after I'd recorded that podcast. But since then, they go ahead and pick up Carlos Correa. So they replace that bat. And in that trade, they still bring back some serious pop in Gio Urshela and catcher Gary Sanchez. So I'm really liking my DraftKings Sportsbook pick. There's a whole bunch right now going on for baseball, a lot more than you saw previously because we didn't have anything to speculate about. Now we do. It's Cy Young, it's MVP, Rookie of the Year, all that stuff. You can check it out over unders. It's it's fantastic. It's DraftKings Sportsbook. Check out their app. And remember, even if you're from another state, because we get people from outside of Colorado, we get folks over in Germany. There's definitely a base out there in Germany. Hit me up if if you're if you're those people out there listening to us, Patrick at the DNVR.com. But there's actually free plays that you can get into all, all March long. All March long, you get a shot at over $250,000 in prizes on these free plays. So check that out. It's DraftKings Sportsbook. So check that out. It's DraftKings Sportsbook. And if you sign up, remember to use that code DNVR. Well, I wanted to explain a little bit about the arbitration process. That was something that was talked about a little bit during the lockout. It's a way of having some of these younger players start to see their salaries slowly but surely increase. After three years of service time, you go into arbitration where now your salary starts to go up and up. And a lot of that is compared with other players. You look around the league and say, well, hey, I'm comparable to this player and he received X amount of dollars when he was in his first year of arbitration. And so I feel I deserve that. And the team and the player, they exchange figures. And if they like it and they can kind of sort it out, maybe meet in the middle. Sometimes they don't do that. They meet in the middle and they sign a one-year deal. So when you see that, when you see Carlos Estevez signs a one-year contract or one-year extension with the Colorado Rockies for a little over $3 million, that's what that is. It's really paperwork. It's really just paperwork. It's important to follow the arbitration process because sometimes you have players who are called a super two, meaning they don't have three years of service time to go to arbitration, but they do have very close to it. And so you still only have two years of service time and then some. So you're a super two. You're in the top 20%, excuse me, top 22% of players with at least two years of service time. And so, again, you're not guaranteed that money. We saw it with David Dahl the previous offseason where he was 
slated to make $2.7 million. That was projected. And the Rockies decided to cut ties with him. Couldn't, couldn't work out a trade anywhere. And because of that, the Rockies did not have to pay him anything because he was only arbitration eligible. He wasn't guaranteed that money like Chris Bryant, now Ryan McMahon, Jose Iglesias, all that is guaranteed money. So when you see all these players signing one-year deals, Carlos Estevez, Ryan Altapia, Robert Stevenson, Garrett Hampson, and Peter Lambert, who's a Super 2 candidate, which means he still has, after this year, he'll still have three more years of team control, and he'll go through the arbitration process each and every time. So he could become a little bit more expensive, especially for a player who, again, he's starting to get paid more than the league minimum, and yet he hasn't contributed much to the Major League squad. Of course, all of that has to do with, you know, he did come up in 2019 and, and did contribute nicely, but was derailed in 2020 with Tommy John surgery, just came back late last year. So he hasn't had an opportunity, a bit of misfortune there, but he could be a player that becomes a little bit expensive going forward. And so we'll kind of wait and see what happens. The only guy that did not sign a one-year deal is Kyle Freeland. So maybe by the time you wake up, he does sign that contract. They work something out. Could even sign a two-year deal. That's something that the Rockies have done in the past where instead of doing this whole song and dance again next year, well, no, let's just let's just sign a two-year deal now. We know about what you're going to get this year. Maybe take the, the median number between the team and the player. And next year, it'll probably go up to this. A lot of it is based on your performance, but... Remember, Freeland's been in the league for four years, so what he does this year can only impact the previous four years so much, right? So they can go ahead and project and say, you know what? Let's lock you up for two years here. Gives us that cost certainty. We don't have to worry about anything. Now you don't have to worry about anything and push it because you're trying to make more money in arbitration. No, you know what? That's fine. Go on the 10-day IL. We'll take care of you. So that's a nice thing, but... We'll kind of wait and see what happens if the Rockies and Freeland will come together on that. Now, the lineup for today's game does appear to be something we could see on opening day. Now, I'm going to be a little bit critical of this. I don't hate it, but I think it could be a little bit better. And I also know that this is the first time we've, we've really had a, a full squad together for the Rockies. It was Chris Bryant's first game. C.J. Crone, I believe that was his first game. Iglesias, Hilliard, Rodgers, they've only had a couple games so far, as it were. They've only played five. They've only played six games anyway. So this could be indicative of what Bud Black is thinking. And I don't think it's what we're going to see for the entire season long. I think... The lineup that I'll run through for you here in a second is one that protects some of those younger guys. And once they start heating up a little bit and maybe the pressure is off them because they're not at the top of the order, then you can get a little bit more creative. Creative is not the right word. Really, you can you can do some different things. I'll, I'll just say that. Now, I'll, I'll throw in my suggestions as we go forward. But when you look at this, one through five, is going to hit. No doubt. One through five is going to hit. It's Charlie Blackman, Chris Bryant, Ryan McMahon, CJ Crone, Brendan Rogers. One through five can thump. 
my concern with Rogers hitting fifth is could get a little bit too exposed with Elias Diaz protecting him in the lineup batting sixth. It's a little note to make. Now the bottom of the order, six through nine, leaves some some questions, right? I mean, that's gonna happen with with any lineup except the Dodgers. We know we hate them. They, they their lineup six through nine is is probably just as good as most teams three through six. But six through nine is is all right. You know, Elias Diaz, he would he would very much have to do what he did last year. Connor Joe would have to do what he did last year. Jose Iglesias batting eighth and Sam Hilliard ninth. And of course you're thinking, well, Iglesias would be better in that quote unquote double leadoff spot, batting ninth, just ahead of the leadoff hitter. He'll be he's got some speed. Maybe he can take a bag, whatever it may be. But with Sam Hilliard batting ninth in this current iteration of the lineup, who bats behind Sam Hilliard? When Sam Hilliard's at the plate, who's on deck? It's Charlie Blackman. So that really gives some bump. That gives the rub, as we would say in the wrestling industry, that gives the rub to Sam Hilliard. Now, for me, and I, I've mentioned this before, I'll do it again. It's it's simple as far as Blackman and McMahon goes, right? They're two lefties. You've got to split them up. Chris Bryant is going to bat in between them. Who do you want to get 30 more at-bats? And that's a literal number, 30 at-bats. For every 15 spots in the batting lineup, for every spot you get lower in the lineup, that's 15 more at-bats the spot above it gets. That's how the numbers break down. That's the average. So if you bat, if you have the exact same lineup all year long, the guy who bats first is going to have 15 more at-bats than the guy batting second. Who's going to have 15 more at-bats than the guy batting third? Ergo, 30 more at-bats if you're separated by two spots in the lineup. Now, 30 at-bats isn't a ton, but the upside of McMahon being protected by Bryant, I feel, is better than Blackman being protected by Bryant. You also have now C.J. Crone batting behind Ryan McMahon, which isn't going to be a problem if C.J. Crone goes out and has the year he did last year. Instead, in my lineup, McMahon's going to be batting second. Now Brian's hitting, and Brian hits behind him, then Charlie Blackman, then C.J. Crone. Now last year, of course, you know Charlie, I don't think, saw too many pitches to hit, he did a good job drawing his walk, letting the guys behind him clean up a little bit of the mess. So I, I think he did a good job at that. So maybe that's what happens again at the top of the lineup. You could even go so far as to have Rogers back in there in the two spot. I really liked what he was able to bring. You know, Buddy said it last week in his office to us that when it was Connor Joe and Brendan Rogers at the top of that lineup, they really clicked. And again, those players were clicking. And I think that's why you see the lineup as it is right now is because last year was last year. Rodgers and Joe are going to need to prove themselves. And until they do, and, and they can in spring, they don't need to prove themselves in April. I think they can prove themselves in the spring that they're ready to go back up there. And then you can have Joe, Rodgers, McMahon, Bryant batting cleanup, Blackman batting fifth, Crone batting sixth, and now you're starting to see, oh, wow, that lineup is really stretching out. That lineup is really starting to get stretched. And so 
that's what I'm looking at, but it's early in spring training. And really it's a matter of getting these guys at bats. So we saw Jose Iglesias bat second the other day. I, I fully expect him to not hit any higher than seventh all season long. Not a knock on him. It's just where he's at with his abilities and where so many other Rockies players are with their abilities, more deserving, more potent at the top of the order. One thing that we could see that has just slowly started to kick around a little bit in conversations is the idea of a platoon. Now, Buddy's a little more old school. He doesn't like those kind of typical platoons. And with this roster, I think you can understand why. Because your two left-handers, Sam Hilliard and Ryan Maltapia, you say, hey, they can start against right-handed pitchers, which is going to be a majority of the time. And then the two right-handed hitters can start against the lefties. Well, both Garrett Hampson and Connor Joe, those are the right right-handers, they hit well against left-handed pitchers. They do. They they are more very much platoon material where against righties, you know, maybe not as much. Good still good numbers, but they really do some serious damage against lefties. But with Hilliard and Tapia, they actually do pretty well against both lefties and righties. Actually, Hilliard last year hit lefties better than right-handers. So he has like reverse splits. And Tapia isn't much better against right-handed hitters as he is against lefties. So that might not necessarily work. And again, if Connor Joe is clicking like he did last year, you're probably going to want him in the lineup every day. Doesn't matter who is on the hill. You also have the DH situation that allows there to be some kind of platoon. Like the positions, the, the Rockies really don't have to worry about positions, I don't think, right now. Because they've got enough flexibility with Joe being able to play first base and corner outfield. Yeah, Brian can play a little bit of third base and first base. I, I don't know that we're necessarily going to see that as much. I think we might see Brian at, at first base a little bit more than we will third base. But those guys have flexibility. Again, McMahon can play second base. I don't think you're going to see that at all. Hampson can play just about everywhere. So I think there's enough flexibility that it's really just a matter of what do you want your lineup to be? That's, that is huge right now for every National League team. That's going to be a major, major bump. Really excited to talk with Buddy about this all season long, the new dynamics of National League Baseball with the Universal DH. Because now you can just say, what do we want our lineup to be? Now, what position will those guys play? And I think it will work out almost every time. I'm, I imagine there'll be some exceptions, especially if you start to see some guys hit the IL. And now you're bringing up guys. Maybe it is Brett Boswell, whatever it is. Maybe you don't have that same flexibility. But with the guys you have on this roster right now, so many of them even able to play center field. Got to throw Jonathan Daza's out there. Got to throw Jonathan Daza's name out there as well. But you can mix and match in a lot of ways. And that's going to be incredibly beneficial to the Rockies. I think other teams have that ability too. But the Rockies can just look and say, what is our best lineup? And now with those nine guys, what is our best defensive alignment? So baseball is going to be interesting. Baseball is going to be very, very interesting. A couple other new rules down the pike. We'll have to get to that on Thursday's show already told you about the roster expansion for the month of April. We got great guests. You know, Drew Goodman's going to be on. 
We got to do a lot more on prospects eventually here. Got to catch up with so many different guys, really nice young men that are starting to fill out a little bit from when they were drafted in high school or are taken in college only a couple of years ago. You can see them packing on the muscle. Rockies staff doing a really good job with their development. And, and again, so many of them had success last year, the bottom four levels, the complex league, low A Fresno, high A Spokane, and yeah, the Dominican Summer League as well. So, so much more to cover before we get to opening day on April 8th. Have you got tickets? Are you going? Let me know. Hit us up on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies for all of our really solid coverage. I must say, I, I got to give a pat on the back to everybody that's been working in production here at DNVR Sports. It's It's been amazing. Love the support. I'm getting all over the place at Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter. It's been so much fun. Very grateful for all of you guys listening and, and keeping our numbers up high. It's been growing and growing. I appreciate you. I know you're out there telling your friends and family to check us out, especially after the Chris Bryant signing saying, hey, what's going on with this team? All right, tune into DVR Rockies, uh, and uh, I'll try to help figure that out for you. So thanks again for joining me. It's been great, but can't rest on your laurels because momentum, as we know, is only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So I'll talk to you then.